This is a pre-recorded version of the WTKA Roundtable <laughs> on WTKA, unsurprisingly, 9 o'clock Thursdays. It is pre-recorded, however, so if you call in, no one will answer. Good morning, folks. We are back here on the Michigan Insider Sports Talk 1050 WTKA online at WTK.com. Sam Webb, Mr. Ira Weintraub on the other side of the MGO blog crew is back. And we have a game to talk about all this offseason, talking about NIL and playoff expansion and coaching movement and other sports. And we are finally back to talking about actual games. Brian Cook, how are you this morning? Uh, Okay. <laughs> hey, man, I, I'm rejoicing that we have games to talk about, even if we are still talking about a quarterback battle, right? Seth Fisher, that's going to be, that's going to demand a lot of attention in today's mm-hmm, roundtable mm-hmm, session. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, Brian, Brian took the offense. He, he wanted the offense. We were going to split up UFRs, and he goes, I'll take the offense. That's going to be more fun. So he's got the quarterback battle, and I just have to write about all the sacks. And Craig Ross, how are you this morning? I'm great. I've, you know, I've renounced my um, history of being a Cleveland Browns fan. I'm now firmly, after watching uh, Hard Knocks, I'm I'm firmly a <laughs> Lions fan. Oh, love you, Matt you. Campbell. Love Rodrigo. I'm all in for the Lions. The hell with the Cleveland Browns. That's and. Like- and we're down the field. <laughs> it's hey, man. I'm it's like saying it. you're you'd like a different method of execution. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is comparing piles of dung, I know. But I love my team. I love my team. Uh guys, so Michigan uh defensively, let, let's just a, a splendid a debut as I think anyone could have reasonably expected offensively. I mean, they had their moments, but we're just saying probably not uh, as potent as we expected coming out of the gate there, Brian. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of it was just kind of, I think, first game jitter stuff. Like, you know, you have McNamara turfing a couple of throws that he normally makes. You have Ronnie Bell dropping a ball. You have some mistakes on the offensive line that only come out on tape. But when you do see it, you're like, all right, well, that's a mental error, that kind of thing. So. There were some hiccups here and there. Um, and then Michigan was very vanilla. Like they didn't really pull out a lot of stuff that was going to surprise anybody. And so you get those factors and, and then you get 51 points and you're like, ah, it's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they, they're, you know, they're on pace to get to 500 yards at halftime. And then that kind of falls off, but largely that falls off because they only get three drives after halftime and all those ended touchdowns. So, you know, I think it's more circumstance than anything. And then, got to figure out who your starting quarterback is. Seth? Yeah, uh, one of the things about the offense is that the defense kept on setting them up in midfield because every single time Colorado State got to midfield, they'd go for it on fourth and seven, and Michigan would destroy them. So a couple of those times, they you know they got one return, so they set them up for a short, uh, short field one time, and then they uh, stopped them at half midfield again. They stopped them midfield again. Like Every single time Michigan wanted to, they stopped them. And in fact, there was one point where they had the backups in and Colorado State finally starts driving. And they get to like their third or fourth play all game on Michigan's side of the field. And Michigan's like, it's fourth down and three and they put the starters back in. And they're like, okay, Mozzie, take care of this. And he does. He just rips right through the whole line, destroys, you know, goes through two guys and, and makes the sack himself. And it's, that was that, that was what this game was. Like, I think, think they probably get a much better test against their scout team than these guys. Craig. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, someone needs to be the ersatz voice of doom. And uh, I, I have a, a, a question at least about what's going on at left tackle. Hayes is hurt. I don't know if he was, he's really hurt or not. Barnhart, 
he was he was held out he, uh protocol protocol okay. so okay. He, he'll be back all right and barnhart gets hurt taking his spot and they move zinner over there but harbaugh oh, says keegan. Zinner, keegan. keegan or yeah. keegan excuse me sorry and uh i think he's i think harbaugh said that keegan was their best offensive lineman in the game but i i thought there was a little bit of problems at left tackle when that happened but you got moving pieces and everything moving around and someone has to look at the game at least and say, well, maybe there was a little problem. I, I, I wasn't so uh, worried about the McNamara stuff. I mean, and I think that's going to play out. Uh, so I, I agree with Brian wholeheartedly about the offensive line. Some of the errors you saw, you just feel like they, they just need to get a lather. It's not going to rust off. You're, mm -hmm. you're maybe missing. They were so good on the move last year that when you see a guy sort of, sort of miss his man when he's pulling. That's just not going to happen. And, and most of the mistakes were really from, from new guys. Felt like to, to me that they just need some experience. So I think the offensive line is going to be outstanding. The, the performance by Cade in this game was one that, frankly, I was not expecting. Um, you know, I thought it would be one that would, would sort of say, be like game on as far as the competition is concerned because I thought he was going to have a really, really good game, and he didn't. Uh, and while you could chalk that up to they didn't call many, they didn't call a whole lot of shots, a lot of downfield plays. But if you look at red zone efficiency uh, again, you know, I thought it really showed up that I don't know if he was just tight, Brian. I don't know if it's it's the competition getting to him. He just didn't seem like he was clicking in the way in which they everyone everyone said he was clicking for the majority of camp. Yeah, and, and you get that drag route behind Cornelius Johnson, and that looks like a touchdown if it's accurate, and it's well Absolutely. behind him. And maybe you can ask your, say, well, maybe he should have caught that. But even if he does catch that ball, he's been slowed down so much that he's getting tackled after five yards instead of probably scoring. And, you know, you just get to, to a point where it's so useful when the field is constricted to have an 11-on-11 run game. And, you know, one of the things that really jumped out is they had that drive where uh, McNamara was still on the field and they ran it eight times and they scored. And I, I went over the tape for that and I was just like, what is Colorado State doing? Because they're treating McNamara like he's McCarthy on that drive mm -hmm. where they're sending guys to the quarterback. And I think that just reinforces the fact that this, this run game is on one level when McNamara is out there and it's an entirely different level when McCarthy's out there, even if McCarthy isn't running the ball as much as he did when he came in. So yeah. Isn't, isn't that almost a given that the Michigan run game will probably be better when, when JJ's a quarterback. I mean, I mean, isn't that just axiomatic within the, given the fact that you now have an extra blocker on the field. I mean, the basically. only way that it couldn't be is if McNamara was able to check in, to it's better, better run plays, mm -hmm. which I, I is might be an advantage, but doesn't really seem to be tangible. And the other thing that kind of bothered me about the red zone stuff is last year, Seth talked all about how McNamara was really good at seeing things pre-snap mm -hmm. and then making decisions pre-snap and then following through on those decisions. And usually they were correct. And that, that route to Eric all where all stumbles and it's almost an interception. Like, I don't understand what he's looking at pre-snap. Because it's three versus two to the boundary. And they've got, he knows that Edwards is going to go to the field and they've got two guys out there. Then they have a safety and the safety's on the, on the boundary hash. And so you look at this and the cover two corner out there freaks out about Donovan Edwards and Roman Wilson's about to be wide open on a corner route. Mm -hmm. And if McNamara isn't seeing that, if he isn't doing that, if that's not something that is automatic to him and he's steep. being precise, very then, then very it's steep. like, I got to, I got to think that like McCarthy's going to have the advantage there. See, I, I have, and so I have this debate with, with Devin, because that is an outstanding assessment that you just made there, Brian. I tend to think that it's, a, it's tendency related. He, he, the field throws are longer throws. And I just think that they're hairier for him just mentally. I'm not saying he can't make them, but in an abundance of caution is a guy who, is hyper-focused on taking care of the football, that's a riskier... I, this is just my interpretation. It's a riskier proposition. But you're exactly right. I mean, that that pass that was behind getting to your pre-snap, 
read uh, question. I want you to comment on this, Seth, because you had the 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 shallow that he missed to Cornelius, mm-hmm. uh, the one that he threw behind him. But you're talking about Bryant. Same, very same play the other way, and they're showing zero blitz, right? They're showing zero blitz, and he he leaves the pocket immediately as opposed to, to retreating to let the shallow develop because that might have been another touchdown. And, and so you're, you're left wondering, man, is he just tight? Is it just the pressure of the, of the competition that's getting to him? Because it, it, this seemed to be one of those games where either he was predetermining his decisions uh, and then, you know, sort of changing the, the, you know, or going into check down or throwing it away when, when the coverage sort of uh, didn't let him go to where he wanted to go or he just wasn't seeing things. I don't know what you think, Seth. I, yeah, I mean, Brian went through the film, so I'm going to defer to him on most of that. But I, it did kind of feel like that Washington game last year where Cade gets tight and just like, you know, last year he had the opportunity because he was the starter, because it was established, he wasn't in a competition. If he was feeling tight in the game, he can just be like, let's just run it, right? Give the ball to Haskins. Uh, you know, as long as they're giving it to us, I'm not feeling it right now. Because he would have those games, and he got more locked in during the season. So... I, I, there's nothing else to say about it. Like he's really been good at pre-snap reads before and he missed some of them. But then even when he made the correct pre-snap read and they changed the look on him, he didn't really adapt to that. And that's kind of been the thing <sighs> with him. That's been his like downside. Um, I, you know, I focused a lot last year on zone reads. Like, you know, he wouldn't keep it even when it was wide open for him. That wasn't the case this game, but it's the same thing. Zone reads. Well, they just, RPOs, they whatever. just didn't really have any genuine reads for him right. in this, mm-hmm. this game. And that's, I mean, that's fine. You can, you can win with that. Like, you know, Dwayne Haskins at Ohio state wasn't running zone reads. That's not something that's required, but yeah. if you have a guy who's anywhere close to you as a passer, who's also got that in his toolbox, I mean, you got to be on top of things. You got to be Drew Brees. You got to be Tom Brady. And it didn't look like that in this game. Now I was very frustrated by the director of this game. Because he was in <laughs> ultimate Poro vision, and even on third and ten, you're, you get your routes are five yards downfield. So I can't tell you, like, if everybody was covered, if that was the best option, just because I there were, and the number of downfield replays in this game was extremely low. So I I can't tell you with any confidence that he was missing guys downfield, except on a couple of occasions. And it is a it is a relatively small sample size, a little over a half. And we, we did see him start slow and kind of get better as the season went along. So you don't want to write McNamara off here. No. Like it's definitely too early to say anything definitive. Um, but, you know, it just feels different when, when McCarthy's in there. The run game, that seven yard out to Sainer still where it's just like that's to the field. Doesn't matter. Like just very casual, right on the money. No way a defensive back's going to get to that. And if if he's at all on McNamara's level in terms of seeing the game, I, I can't see how he's not the starter. Yeah, right. the um, I, I don't know if pro football focus gets better film than we get or they're working off of television, um, but they, I don't know if you guys noticed, they rated 17 quarterbacks this week. And number 17, of course, was Iowa. In the, in the Big Ten. In the Big Ten. Right, and they and they rated Petrus last with you know I don't a zero score essentially because <laughs> no, I'm serious. No, it was one point four. <laughs> okay, one point four out of a hundred. Where a hundred yeah, is, is is decent quarterback play, he had a one point four. Yeah, and and that's I uh, you know their defense outscored the offense four to three in that game, two safeties versus a field goal, and. Uh, and then I think Cade uh, was 16. Is that right? And Bowman was 13. And then JJ was number one. Now, these are very in the Big Ten. Now, these are very small sample sizes on, uh, by any measure. Uh, and I don't want to write Cade off either. I mean, truly, with uh, uh, legitimate officiating, Cade is 12 and 0 last year. And, and and let a team to a 12, 12 and 0 mark, and that's not something you can just throw in the in the trash bin. I mean, he's already proven he can lead a team to wins. Uh, but I, it's hard not to uh, not to buy into what Brian says that it does something does feel different, and it may just be that all of a sudden the run game is opened up, and uh, I'm not sure what it is. See, I think I, I think you see some some similarities though guys and 
and, and Brian just really picked up on, on one at the very beginning. I mean, I, I can, there are a couple of, of scene throws that I, 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 it's not that I don't think he saw him. Like, I think he saw him. That's the, that's the, you know, Dev is the quarterback. So he would know better because hey, he said, you know, he's, he's just not seeing the coverage. And I said, no, I think he sees it was a seam route in the second quarter. The, the one where, where Ronnie dropped the ball where Ronnie mm, dropped it. Yeah, right. Yeah. So he's lined up on the hash and you know, he actually gets out of the pocket. And I think, I think it's to close the distance to Ronnie to get him the ball. But if he stays in the pocket, I mean, that running down the seam, I think it was, it was all, one of the guys was running down the seam. It might've been Ron. It might've been uh, CJ. I don't know who it was or, or, or AJ Henning, but someone was running down the seam and it was open. It was open. Now you, you're going to have to get it over a linebacker, but there is a void there because the safety is blowing over the top. And then in the red zone, the very same route, that very same seam came open and he turned it down again. So I just think that there are certain throws that he just doesn't feel as comfortable making. And you got to decide, is that something, is that a mental thing that you can get over? Is it a physical limitation? Right. Or is he just tight right now? And that could be the case that he's just tight right now. There's a great story from back in the days when uh, Leach was coaching Texas Tech and Cliff Kingsbury was his quarterback. And like Leach is yelling at Kingsbury, like, this is open. This is open. And he just keeps checking down, checking down, checking down. And he's like on the sideline after a drive. And he's like, this is open. And then Kingsbury goes out there and he throws a touchdown on that, that sail route or whatever. And he's like, are you happy now? <laughs> yes. Yes, Cliff, I'm happy. So, I mean, there are guys who just have a more conservative nature. And in certain contexts, that made sense. It made sense for Michigan last year because they had that defense and they had that running game. And maybe it doesn't make as much sense this year because you have this talent to exploit. And, uh, you know, you can't nibble around the edges of like Andrew Anthony and Cornelius Johnson and Ronnie Bell. And so again, uh, you the the one in the red zone because I just put up. I was trying to remember the context. It was it was second and six, and you know he he throws uh, you know a, a snap route into the boundary, and man, you you got Roman Wilson in the seam, and it's a touchdown, but it's to the field. It's to the field. So it's. You know, just one of those things where m maybe he was just tight in this game. And, and but what I it do. does do is it gives you it gives J.J. McCarthy a very clear opportunity to to seize the momentum in this race. Yeah. And one thing I liked about McCarthy is that he didn't try to do too much in this game. Right. Like that's what the chatter from practice was, is that he'll force a ball in and it'll get intercepted. Instead, you know, he breaks the pocket and he dumps it down to Bredesen once. He and he does the same thing with Stokes. He he takes a couple of, of outs that are that are there. They didn't really put a whole lot on him, I guess, because at that point you're just trying to run the clock in, in some level. And then his his ability to read the zone stuff is great. It is completely shocking that this guy who was supposed to be like he's a pocket passer, but he's got a little bit of running upside. Uh, I mean, when he's got the ball, he's not Denard, but he's not Wilton Spate either. And then <laughs> right. You know, his his ability just to make the right decision in those situations is it's uncanny. I like I have seen a lot of wrong decisions from a lot of running quarterbacks over the years. And his hit rate on on those is it it, it boggles the mind. Here's here's the glass half full for for K. Because because teams play tendencies and they were they were cloud to the field they were squad they were saying I mean to to the boundary they were saying all right we know you like this throw you know you like it, these these boundary throws these short quick hitters we are going to squat on these if he ever if he ever sort of yeah, kind of takes them playing to his tendencies into account he has a monster game yeah because they they're leaving guys open to the other side of the field. All game long. So, you know, if he seizes upon that opportunity, he he has a a big day ahead of him. Uh, yeah, this competition goes on. Yeah, but then the other guy can throw a twenty yard out to the field without yes, any he problem. Can. <laughs> yes, I. The thing yes, is about these games, yes, like you know, how much can you tell? Like, hey, like like Brian said, it's a small sample size, and you know, Kate maybe had the jitters one day, and that's happened before, and he was fine last year. And then, like, what are you gonna? I, 
we even talked about Hawaii yet, but oh my God, like Vanderbilt just put up 500 uh, yards on these guys. So like, what does it tell you if JJ just goes out and explodes and has a 400 yard game, you know, people are going to go nuts, but it's why you, you don't have to be a superstar to do that. It's, it's, I get it. I get it. And, and, and Craig, tell me what you think about this. Look, you know, and I've been saying all week, sometimes the, the moment applies more pressure than the opponent. I think that's what happened to Kay because Colorado State's terrible. They, they're not Hawaii terrible, but they're terrible. Uh, and there were opportunities there. And, you know, Cade is better than he should. Say what you want about Cade McNamara. He is better than he showed on Saturday. Yeah, so absolutely. Was, was that Colorado State or was that the, the moment? Was that the competition? I think it's the latter. Yeah, I, I think... Um... It, it's the moment to some extent. I mean, anyone who's watched Michigan games or any football games over the years sees teams that come out and look a little flat or disorganized on offense, at least in, in their first game. I can't count the number of games that I came back from being worried about uh, offensive execution in, in an opening game. Um, in this event, I think Colorado State was pretty terrible, which... <laughs> to say the least, which, you know, made it easier. I'm thinking that maybe Hawaii, and I'll ask Brian and Seth about this, might be worse. Is that possible? They're worse team. So, I mean, I guess that makes it, you know, I don't think the competition is over. Like, if he goes out and smashes Hawaii like we expected him to, and like we expected Kate to do against Colorado State, I don't think if you're Jim Harbaugh, you say, oh, competition's over. Right. I think well, it just I think it just puts him in position heading into UConn to can you back that up with a with a similar performance, right? I can you string the, together the other worst team in division one? Like this the schedule does them no favors here. Yeah. Because I, I mean, if you're playing a regular Mac team, you can you can learn some things because you get a Mike Dana on those teams and then there are some players and you know, you'll put up points, but you'll meet some resistance. And we got two Delaware states lined up right here. So, I mean, I, I don't, I don't get this scheduling set up at all. Um, but you know, it is what it is. Maybe, and, maybe, maybe Maryland is the line of demarcation. Then. Yeah, I mean, and that's a dangerous team. They've got more wide receivers than anyone else in the conference, except Michigan and Ohio State. And they have a veteran quarterback who likes throwing interceptions, but maybe not. He's a senior this year. And uh, <laughs> I mean, you are going to see. Cade McNamara against Hawaii, he's probably going to get most of the third quarter. Mm. He's going to get a couple of drives. So you're going to get some more data on McNamara. Same in the UConn game. You're going to get more data on both quarterbacks, and then you're going to have to make a decision going into, into Maryland. And um, I don't know. Given the way Iowa played in their opener, Maryland now seems like the fourth most losable game on the schedule. And it'll be interesting because the tendency of all football coaches is to play it safe. And that's going with the guy who was your starter last year. Um, but I know what all the fans are going to be saying. Well, I know what Jim Harbaugh said in the off season. That's we're going to be a more explosive attack, uh, specifically more explosive through the air. Uh, and I think that's talent related. I think that's expectation related. Are you going to go into Columbus and beat Ohio state, which I think will, is a harder proposition than uh, the one they had even last year. And are you going to, can you play with Georgia? Can you even play with Georgia? Forget beat them. Can you even play with them? Uh, because last year they blew them out. They blew Michigan out. And that Georgia team doesn't look like they skipped a beat, <laughs> even with all that they lost, right? So isn't that the bar now, right? You want to compete for a championship. Who gives you the best chance to do that? They need better quarterback play, whether it's from Cade McNamara or, or J.J. McCarthy, better quarterback play than we've seen the last, last couple of games. Uh, from the Michigan quarterback, which happened to be Kay McNamara. I think it's a little premature to be worrying about Georgia at this point. I mean, I'm not sure what we look like or what Georgia looks like by the time the season starts cranking along. But uh, one thing Brian said is true. I mean, I watched Michigan State Western, and that was a truly competitive game into the fourth <laughs> quarter. And and I think Michigan State probably got more out of that game than we get out of uh the Colorado state game because Western is, you know, they're not obviously a world beating team, but, but, but they were competent. 
And I'm not sure Colorado State was. And I don't know what you get out of playing, you know, Hawaii and UConn, who are probably right there with Colorado well, State. UConn was going to be the worse. UCLA game. I'm sorry. Right. So we yeah, it's going to be, be a game at UCLA. <laughs> and instead, yeah. they're playing eight home games this year. Yeah. And mm-hmm. one of them is against UConn. Just, yeah. just a very bizarre scheduling decision for a lot of different reasons. Yeah, I, I agree. And doesn't... Uh, I think it was Seth or Brian who said they just wanted to play Jim Mora, right? <laughs> that was actually <laughs> Alex. Alex, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, and, and so the uh, – uh, and but do you guys think at some point along the road that Harbaugh has to make a choice? Does he have to do that, in your opinion? I mean, does he have to say at some junction, okay, juncture, Okay, Kate is our quarterback, or JJ is our quarterback. You're, is that something you're getting he has into to do? things that I don't know about? Because, like, yeah. I I'm not a football player, and my very, very, very brief time being a football player, I had nothing to do with quarterback battles and stuff like that. That's something that like happens inside the locker room. Probably Devin Gardner would probably be the person to ask. See, that. I, I think I think so. I think you're what you're asking us to speculate, right? We don't know. So yeah. to speculate on, I I think if it's going to be, I think Kate needs that. I think Kate needs that. Whether you base that on how he performed in in game one or what he had to say after it, and I'm curious, you guys' take on his post game comments, where he he seemed to suggest that he didn't expect this to be a competition past camp, that he was a little caught off guard by it, and I think it's reasonable to infer from his commentary that he didn't think it was the fairest way to determine who the quarterback should be. And so saying all of that, I, I think know. if it's Cade, I think you, I think he needs you to say who the quarterback is. Well, I mean, I, I didn't take that much out of the post game comments. You know, it's just, you say something slightly inelegantly and people are like, Oh, what's going on there. <laughs> and I, I don't, I don't put a whole, it is an unusual situation, right? He's like, it's an unusual situation. I thought I had a really good camp and maybe he did, but so did the other guy. Yeah, I, but it I was don't, it was evident early in camp. Else. It was evident at least I heard midway through camp. Yeah, uh, that it was going. Both quarterbacks were going to start. That both quarterbacks were going to start games. So it it, it wasn't. That's why I'm. Uh, it wasn't a surprise because so, okay. if I if if what do you want out of a fan? Do you want as a fan? Do you want Cade being like, ah oh, man, oh shucks, you know I I want the best guy to play. I mean, oh that that'd be nice and wonderful, but that's not how competitors work and you want a, you want a killer you want a guy who wants to get in there he wants the job for himself so he can focus on what he's doing and that's what i want out of Cade. i have no problem with Cade feeling like he deserved like he's the best quarterback and he deserved the job that's how i want him feeling. no 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 I, I, so i'm not arguing with that at all uh, my only concern would be as if i were the coach is the the notion that i'm not handling this fairly and was that that's how I took it. That's not what I took it. I took it. What I took out of that is like, hey, man, I just won the Big Ten. I'm the senior. You know, junior here can wait until it's his turn. But this is my team. I've been captaining these guys. I've been running these guys. I took these guys down the field. I took these guys to a win against Ohio State. And we're going to go and do it again. We want to we want to run it back. And I'm spending fall camp holding off junior here instead of doing my thing. I mean, that's. The attitude that I took from him, and that's the attitude that I kind of wanted to see from him. So, I mean, I guess I would have liked to have seen that on the field. <laughs> yes. Well, <laughs> there's, and there's the thing. <laughs> I, there's the rub. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. You got something to do about You know who is a great test case or a great example of this? I can't forgive me for not remembering who said it. I don't know if it was Steve Clark or one of the guys, but Stetson Bennett, right? Yeah. So Stetson Bennett's in a battle with JT Daniels. JT Daniels actually becomes a starter, but he gets hurt. When JT Daniels comes back, Stetson Bennett is playing so well that Kirby Smart says, no, no, no. This guy is holding off the five-star. Everyone, all the fans are like, put JT Daniels. This guy is playing well enough to hold off the five-star. So coaches will go with the guy who's playing the best. Stetson Bennett was playing the best. So it's, you know, the opportunity to hold on to the spot is still there. It's not like he just anointed JJ. He just said it was a competition. And Craig, that's my thing. He said, Harbaugh said this was a competition going back to the spring. 
So there was no, there was, this was a transparent process all the way through. That's why that's sort of, if you want to put this in context, why I sort of listened to the post game, maybe with a little, not to make a huge deal out of it right now, but just to be cognizant of it. If he loses the job, that's what I'm thinking about. If he loses, you want your captain to be, Hey, rah, rah, go team. You know, this is the, Hey, he won the competition. I'll be here if you need me kind of mentality. That's what, you hope is the case, correct? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I hope, and I think perhaps Brian is correct that he was just inelegant, and and uh, and perhaps just expressing a bit of his own frustration that he didn't play as well as he wanted himself to play. I can go for that, and and I think that that may be it. Uh, on the other hand, yeah, I can sort of understand why the media jumped all over it, given the fact the biggest story is this quarterback competition. Um, and where it did seem a bit, I don't know, churlish, but, but, <laughs> but, but just a bit. And, and so I just think it was inelegant. He was frustrated with himself and, um, and I don't want to make too much of, yeah. of, of these comments because I think he is a captain of the team. He's a captain for a reason, I suspect. And he wants Michigan to win, whether he's the, in the, you know, he's oh, yeah. driving the bus or, or JJ is. Yeah, to go back to Stetson Bennett, stay ready. Stetson Bennett, yeah, stay yeah. ready. He got another opportunity and he held on to the job. So you don't know how JJ. And so here's the thing. This uh, Nate Schroeder on YouTube said people just got to be prepared for the possibility that JJ doesn't perform as well when he is the starter and not the backup. The backup yeah. is always a better QB, but only time will tell. He is exactly right. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, That's, for, well, for JJ, it's less about Hawaii and more about can he stand up to the moment i remember when russell bellamy came in for denard robinson and i thought the starter was better <laughs> <laughs> really i i don't know i always thought russ bellamy got you know really was probably oh, better than denard i don't know <laughs> well what were they seeing in practice to be like you know what if denard goes down let's go with russell bellamy and leave devin Gardner well they didn't have any wide receivers and so what devin was playing wide receiver Right, so well, he could have thrown it to himself. <laughs> well, I mean, anyway, that's kind of neither here nor. I mean, there is a point in there. Remember when John O'Corn came in and he played against Purdue, and everybody's like, "Oh, this guy's awesome," and then yeah. his tendencies got scouted, and then it went out the window. Now, I think it's going to be a lot harder to scout tendencies for JJ McCarthy because he can throw to the boundary, he can throw to the field, he can run mm -hmm. the ball. Like he's not a guy who is you're going to look at and be like, all right, well, he can only do X and X, so we can cover that, and then it's going to be fine. I mean, you might be able to throw a bunch of different coverages at him and confuse him and get him to throw picks, but that's any quarterback, especially in college. So J.J. does not profile like a guy who, like, once the scouting book is out on him, it's he's going to get, you know, nerfed into the ground. So Yeah, I think the, the, the thing to watch with him is, you know, he just – Every now and then, this was a one of the things in, in practice. Like he just, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try it, right? I'm gonna try <laughs> right. it. He just has that in him, and so he's he's done a good job of reining that in. It was like once or twice per practice. He's like, I'm gonna try this, and you know, sort of fighting back that and taking the check down. You know, one guy you want to take check down less. The other guy you want to take check down more, right? So, right. where is he in that in his maturation process? As far as that's concerned, that's one of the things I'll be watching for. I'm going back through all the quarterbacks in, in my football watching history, and I can't think of a single one who wasn't basically what you saw the first time. Like John O'Corn, no, but we didn't think he was awesome the first time. First time we saw him was that Indiana game where he's running backwards through the snow. Yeah. And that was John O'Corn. That's exactly but who there was he that was. Purdue game where it was like, oh, he's I know, I know scattered they, him and he's got this ability. They so. put together a package for him in the Purdue game and it worked. But like the the original moment of John O'Corn was John O'Corn. The original moment of Denard Robinson was Denard Robinson. Like that's what he was, right? The original moment of Tate Forcier when he came in, like it was the spring game view that we saw where he was just like, you know, the the weapon of choice and but he's also kinda wild and will put the ball on the turf and throw interceptions as well. Like, that was Tate Forcier. You go back, these guys are always... That first view does get you an idea of what... I think we kind of know what J.J. McCarthy is right now. I think we know what Cade McNamara is right now. There are better versions of themselves, but I don't think quarterbacks reinvent themselves. I think what they are is very baked in. Yeah. All right, guys, we got to get to a break. We'll come back on the other side. More Monday... <laughs> 
I do a lot of shows, guys. More <laughs> Michigan Insider on Sports Talk 1050 WTK, the ticket. And we are clear on the radio. Hey, Sam, uh, Michigan going to take uh, Kendrick Bell, you think? They offered him. They offered him. I mean, that's intriguing to me. Uh, I mean, he's rated perhaps about the same level that Ronnie Bell was rated, which is nowhere. Uh, but it usually doesn't mean he's going to be Ronnie Bell. <laughs> I, mean, uh, I know, Ronnie Bell but he's a little because bigger. He was a basketball player committed to Missouri yeah. State, and Michigan was like, "Oh, this guy's got ups and speed, and let's let's make him um, make him a football player." Yeah. I'm responding. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for not engaging. Yeah. I'm actually responding to some messages here. Yeah, I, yeah, I better just audio than the last time when we were just reading uh, responses to the the messages. Yeah. I don't know. I, I didn't see the, I've never seen tape of him. I just know he put a big game up a quarterback. I don't know if he's really a quarterback or if he's a wide receiver or something else, but it was in, intriguing to me and a, and a little confusing by his basic zero star rating by the services when his brother is probably an NFL guy. You know, I it's, mean, it's weird. Brothers are not the same. Speaking as a brother, brothers are not the same people. They're, you can have a, a tremendous yeah. differences, even if you're born very similar in talent, yeah. uh, very similar. Um, what makes Ronnie Bell is not just his God-given talent. Ron, Ronnie Bell has, you know, certain personality, certain competitorship. Like, there are parts of his makeup that make him the player he is that you can't just guess that a brother is going to have as well. I mean, Donovan yeah. Edwards, sorry, Braylon Edwards had a little brother, Berkeley, who, like, looked talented on the field. And, like, you know, no one could make that guy into a real football player. He just he, – he wasn't Braylon. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably true. I'm intrigued by it, though, because I saw Ronnie came out of a St. Louis area, I think, is basically not really a football player, not someone anyone was interested in as a football player. And he became a football player and one I suspect may well play in the NFL next year. Yeah. To combine and, our earlier uh, conversation with this one, there was one site that mm-hmm. did mention, cause I remember doing the write up on him. One site that did mention that uh, McCarthy is a runner and that was two, four, seven. They're like, no, no, this guy played hockey. He's a real athlete. And well, I mean, it was like, guys miss. even, tr- mm-hmm. even Allen was like, uh, you know, it's like, he's a pocket quarterback with a side of being mm-hmm. able to run. I don't, yeah necessarily blame him because i don't think that he you know they were gonna need him to run a, a ton in college right right, right. <laughs> in, well in if school. you're scouting that guy out of high school you're not like ooh, this guy's a you know right because you know, he's completing 77 percent of his passes and stuff like that so what's the point yeah yeah i still stick by my comp to him which was jim harbaugh yeah well harbaugh was a phenomenal runner yeah, and uh, and he was and that was not really... the first thing you thought about Harbaugh as a as a player. But no, but he coming back on radio. He, he was really good and 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 very difficult uh, in in plays that broke down for defense to do too much with him because he he was quite adept at. Guys, uh, I, I feel the need to give the defense just a little more play here for a second. I know I know it's Colorado State, but is this not? the benefit of at least in part of the carryover in philosophy that Jesse mentor came in. It, it was striking to me that three of the first four sacks came from the back seven, two from, a, from defensive backs, one from a linebacker just felt like, you know, bringing pressure from all over. They didn't know where it was coming from. Then it was released the hounds up front after that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Oh, go ahead. Seth. No, I was just, I, I, um, I did a search for my uh, articles last year for Cover Zero because I was like, man, how often did they run that last year? Because I saw three instances in this game. They ran it twice last year, both against Washington. And then I also noticed they did a lot more of that amoeba stuff, that that stuff that I spent all like 2021 offseason being like, hey, this is the Ravens defense, and this is how they play, and this is what we're going to install. And Michigan ran a little bit of that early last year, and then they realized that, like, oh, we've got Hutchinson and Ajabo and once they had those guys, they just made the defense out of those guys because why wouldn't you? Uh, but, like, they had that in their back pocket this year, which is coming out because I think they look more practiced at it. And there are guys who were um, – they had defensive ends dropping into zones. Taylor Upshaw dropped in from a uh, tackle position. And they just – they ha- I, this is the worst thing you want to face is an up-and-running 
amoeba defense where you don't know where the guy is going to be coming from. You don't know, and they bring one blitzer and they replace him with someone else. He's all these weird fire zones. Um, if you are an early stage zone, um, air raid offense, this is like death for you because you're looking for that quick dink and dunk right off the snap, and you're looking for your read to be good right off the bat. You you want to just Cade McNamara down the field, right? And like they just took that away. Like there were some things open downfield, but by the time they got downfield, the tackles were in and the ends were in, and it was over. Yeah, I mean, one thing that we had talked about preseason or question we had was could they make up for pressure by not having Ojabo and Hutchinson in other ways? And in this game, they sure did. Now, their right tackle was awful. I mean, he 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 was sorry. I mean, I felt bad for him. I mean, he he just couldn't. They replaced play. him later in the game too. His backup yeah. was no better. <laughs> yeah, and and so part of it is that, but. Uh, it, the, uh, you know, they did get even pressure from the middle and, and pressure from the middle of, of a defensive line is just death to any offense. And, and Mozzie was uh, just unbelievably good. Uh, when uh, Graham got in, there was a play where he just basically lifted the center up in the air and pushed him right back into the quarterback. Oh my goodness. And, I mean, <laughs> if you remember that play, it was unbelievable. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, and that's a true freshman. Yeah. Um, and and so it's partly that, of course, that uh, Colorado State is just terrible on the offensive line. But, you know, it was still impressive. I mean, you saw people had forgotten, including me, about Braden McGregor, but he looked pretty adept at rushing the quarterback, even though I don't think he was great in some of the run plays. He got edged at least once or twice. But uh, number 18 uh yabby yabby yeah yeah he i thought he was very patient on the run plays and on a, a one or two reads he you know covered his edge and then squeezed the mesh and just exactly what he should be doing as well as showing some ability to rush the passer so i was very surprised by that uh and so Jay they got Harrell had a heck of a day Harrell had a good game i mean you know so yeah i think Probably it's that Colorado State is just inept, in particular on the offensive line. But I don't, I don't think it's getting better with Hawaii. I think the Hawaii right tackle is a clone. Um, so, it, but it was it's, still, uh, the worst still player it was hard to play this year. Between it's between those guys and the and the <laughs> inside linebacker for Hawaii too. Yeah. Yeah. So I, look, we expect this to be a a bloodletting this week against Hawaii. Uh, I'm curious what you guys, as you look around, not just the Big Ten, but around the country, any other performances striking to you, whether they be good or bad? Um, You know, just in the league, I think the, I mean, I mentioned this before, Iowa's offense just <laughs> looks unbelievably hideous, even by Iowa standards. Um, so, I mean, that really changes my outlook for that game. I was fairly worried about that but you know you put up seven points with two safeties against a mediocre fcs school and spencer petrus looks terrible yes, and does. you have two scholarship wide receivers and it's just like that really changed my equation for that game and then penn state um their game against purdue was very strange and you know you get the one big play from brenton strange but other than that sean clifford just looks like a shadow of himself until the last drive of the game or whatever. But I, I also think that Penn state is probably headed for eight, four, seven and five kind of season. So Michigan schedule really looks like something where if they don't get to Ohio state undefeated, you're going to be like, oh, I don't, that was a missed opportunity. Yeah. I mean, if Purdue could tackle, they won that game. Right. <laughs> that was... Tackle and decide to run the ball when you have the lead. Late. Oh, they don't I mean... know how to run the ball. They... Well, I mean, yeah, that's, they, that was, they, they... That's just Purdue. They don't yeah. have a run game, Sam. So, they had I mean, a run game in this yeah, game, but only because, you know, Penn yeah. State was sitting back on the passing game. Like when it came, they don't have a four minute drill. And they never had that. Yeah. Ah, uh, oh, man. This is, if you could just, you're right. I mean, two big touchdowns. If they could just wrap up, they at least take some more time off the clock, right? Mm. Uh, the one right before the half was a, oh, my God. Man, you talk about letting the air out of the, the balloon. <laughs> and to Brian's point about Iowa. If you don't have a quarterback better than Spencer Petras, I, I just wow, because yeah, he was bad last year. So, I, 
I think their last two passing touchdowns were actually scored by their backup quarterback. So, I mean, they've got, (laughs) they do have someone else there who was in a competition with Petras last year. And I was Padilla, right? Padilla. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Padilla. But there's, I mean, they can't fire their offensive coordinator because he's the coach's son and he's (laughs) clearly (laughs) not very good at his job. And, you know, I don't know if this is going to be the Ferentz spiral because you, you say these kind of things every year and then they win 10 games and you're like, well, yeah. how did that happen? But I don't know. It just feels like this could be the beginning of the end for Ferentz. Like if they can't move the ball at all and they put up a four and eight season and then they bring Brian Ferentz back and it's just like, all right, this might be. Although, I mean, Gary Bart is going to ride or die with this guy until they're both dead. So. <laughs> <laughs> So ride or die, literally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What were your takeaways from Ohio State and Notre Dame? I mean, I thought the way Notre Dame used a ton of different coverages was really effective and impressive. Like they have continuity. It's a new head coach, right? But it's the, the same defensive coordinator. So they, this isn't exactly something that came out of nowhere. But their ability to confuse Stroud and then Stroud didn't play very well. Like he, they had a lot of opportunities to take some shots and he just missed a, a bunch of throws that he usually makes. So I wouldn't expect that to last because we're not that lucky, but <clears throat> yeah, I, I think that that was a tough game. And I think Notre Dame is better than people are giving them credit for that spread before the game. What was it like 14, 16 and a half, 16 and a half. Like, yeah, that never really made a ton of sense to me because mm-hmm. Notre Dame has way more talent than a, almost everybody else in the country and Ohio State's one of the few teams that does have more but yeah I, I felt like Freeman acquitted himself well in the opener yeah I agree I think Notre Dame could win out I think the there's a reasonable chance of that I think they looked pretty well coached uh, they just didn't quite have the talent that Ohio, Ohio State had and they're playing on the road so um, you know, good for them. I think they'll have a very good season. I think Ohio State did seem a little less than than probably what what they hoped for, but uh, they're still awfully good. Did you guys watch any of uh, Michigan State? I mean, I had yeah, they um, I mean, State got a hold of that game, and then they um like started fumbling it away, and it was kind of yeah. like a you know it was heading towards the Sparty no, and then Western Michigan couldn't complete a pass, but like. It was. It felt more competitive than it was, and Michigan State was pulling away, and then it felt the other way. It was kind of like a just a seesaw game. I wanted to go back to the Ohio State game quickly, though, because mm-hmm. I think they didn't have Jackson Smith Najiba, so that might have changed. Yeah, he was. He was limited, but he, given he that wide, early. given that wide receiver room, should that matter all that much? I mean, he's a great player. It shouldn't, but like you kind of have to get used to your guys, I think, and I think Stroud leaned on. Uh, with Najiba, even last year, Najigba, I keep saying his name wrong. Jackson, I think he leaned on him a lot last year, especially in the Michigan game, even though he had, you know, Olave and Garrett Wilson. And now he's not really used to uh, Ibukba and, like, you know, he's not Marvin Harrison. He's still getting used to, like, what he can do with that guy. So I think that might have played a role in it because he, he just didn't seem confident like he normally does. And a lot of that confidence is, oh, well, worst case scenario, I just chuck it at 11. Yeah. My thoughts on Michigan State were one, they 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 have a guy number four. I don't know what his name is, Landman, Windman, something like that. Yeah, he is a, he's yeah, he's a he's a transfer from from somewhere. And he's a rush end and he is really, really good. And they and they have a few and they have a few good uh, really good players on that team. I don't think they've replaced uh, Kenneth Walker. No, uh, I don't think Jalen Berger is in the same league with Kenneth Walker. Um, and so that is a bit of a step down for them. Uh, they've got some injuries now too. I think Darius Snow is out for, out the, for the year. And the, yeah. I assume it's going to be uh, Van Summeren is, is their, is their starter at that spot. Uh that's so they're they have, they're slightly different. Snow is more of a hybrid space player, and Van Summeren was mm-hmm. like the Sam that they'd bring in. Mm-hmm. To, so they, but they've got other guys. Like the one thing that they do have are more safeties. What they don't have is any speed in the secondary. And yeah, like, their their secondary looked vulnerable. And Western again. Michigan was able to take advantage of that a little bit. You remember Andrew Anthony running away from uh, Xavier mm-hmm. Henderson. So anyway, right, that's <laughs> I mean that's going to be a theme for their. That, that team all year, I think. That secondary has and not I, gotten better. 
And I think Xavier Henderson got hurt in that game too. And he's, I think, I think was indefinite. A, yeah, I wasn't think that was it a Henderson thing, though, or like maybe a one or two game kind of thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right, so. Yeah. So from from a conference standpoint, I, the SEC lost one game, and while uh, you know you you, you certainly got to give um, Utah credit for the game they played against Florida, Oregon, to see Oregon just be dismembered in that game seemed like a huge setback for the Pac-12. Well, they were playing Georgia, right at Georgia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so basically, I'm, basically, yeah, basically, yeah. So it's. You know, Oregon's probably better than what they looked in that game, and Georgia's probably still Georgia. Uh, you, expect, you expected like some sort of like a slight step back from losing five first round picks. They didn't look like they're the same team. It, that's what it looked like to yeah. me, and their quarterback was phenomenal. Uh, well, and, on the bright side, this means JJ McCarthy's performance against their backups was pretty good. Right. There, yeah, there you go. Hey, Mr. Oh, Brightside. Right. Ryan Cook is Mr. Brightside. We're out of time. We're out of time. Coming out of his cage. Real quick, real quick. Historic spread. Does Michigan cover this week? Craig Ross. Yes. Yes. Ryan Cook. Seth Fisher. Yeah. How, what is the spread? It was 46 and a half. I thought it was 51. It's, Ira, what's the, what's no, the spread? No, no. 51. Whatever no, they make absurd. it, yes. This is. I mean, no, this, they're not covering. Can I, can I tell you something? We just, we just set ridiculous. a new record. We just beat 2016 Rutgers for the most um, science in our uh, in our charts. That's the guys who can't play, right? So yeah. the, their problem spots are like the whole team is circled except for one defensive end. So Trent A. Jones, <laughs> I, still, up. everybody else, 50, take a week 51 off. Fifty-one points won't do it. I hope. Uh, so two yeses and a no, guys. You guys. All right, folks. We got to get out of here, but we're going to get out of here with some generosity. Call number seven seven three four nine nine eight ten fifty you will join us inside the bud light victor's lounge we'll see you tomorrow here on the michigan insider on sports talk 1050 wtk the ticket the official voice of university of michigan sports ann arbor a cumulus station